someone once told me time is a flat circle. If everything we've ever done or will do, we're gonna do over and over and over again. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Michael. We're brother and sister, armchair detectives. We enjoy psychoanalyzing situations with a cold drink in our hands. And we're your hosts for the Flat Circle Podcast. Today's episode has us craving something a little different. We've talked about missing people. We've talked about murder, rape, and even a serial killer. Now join us as we deep dive into the dark web and more specifically the dark website Silk Road. By now, I'm sure most of you have heard of the dark web. And for those who haven't, think of it as the back alleyways of the internet. The different sites on the dark web could be compared to like old abandoned buildings. And within these buildings, bad people lurk in every corner. Google Maps can't find it and search engines can't find it. Usually people find access to the dark web by using a method called Tor, which serves as a web portal that allows you to peruse these dark websites completely undetected. So at this point, you may be asking, isn't this also known as the deep web? And actually, although the deep web and the dark web are often used interchangeably, they are not one and the same. So the deep web contains information that's hidden behind paywalls and account logins, as well as anything that hasn't been indexed for whatever reason. So for example, um, Mike, I think I remember telling you this about eight or nine years ago, I was taking like a history class online mm. and I was searching for information on various names. Native American tribes and their spiritual beliefs for a class. And so I went through so many pages on Google and eventually I came to this website that had like the meeting minutes posted for each annual meeting of the tribes in North America. And so in these meetings, the tribal council spoke about all of the different things happening around the world, um, etc. Anyway, the point is this thing ended up like very deep within the web of information. And it took me quite a few pages actually to get there. But the point is that the dark web is a sinister like Robin Hood scenario. So if you're looking for morally bankrupt activities, this is the place to find it. You can find dark hackers selling credit cards, numbers, you can social security numbers, financial and login information, um, glean from security breaches on popular websites. You can easily find and buy any drugs anonymously, trade secrets, stolen goods, and intellectual property for sale, espionage activities, like all things. So basically anything kind of illegal, kind of dirty and unfavorable um, in the form of goods and services you can find here. So it's like an underground marketplace, if you will, for chaotic criminal activity. But it is well worth noting that the dark web isn't actually all that bad. There are some legitimate sites there as well. There's like a Facebook knockoff called Black Book and various clubs um, form on the dark web just because they're exclusive and they don't want a lot of membership and stuff. But the fact of the matter is the dark web is vast. And as I mentioned, like all of the above. And so what we'll really be discussing in this episode today is a specific dark web site called Silk Road. Historically speaking, the Silk Road was in reference to the underground trade route between the West, Europe 
Middle East and Asia. However, the Silk Road we speak of today is in reference to the 2011 established underground online marketplace. In fact, Silk Road was literally the most known and talked about premier black market website for the dark web. It was the first of many black market websites. Drugs happened to be the most popular seller on the site, of course, but really people could do things like hire a hitman, get their hands on child porn, buy endangered animals, the list goes on and on. You could purchase almost any diabolical service or goods and you do it using a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. Think of Silk Road as the dark underground Amazon, with Ross Albrecht being the Jeff Bezos of the operation. So why are we thinking crypto as currency? Well, at this point, you may be asking yourself, why is crypto such an important factor here? Well, crypto is basically encrypted currency that cannot be traced back to a specific buyer. Kind of like buying a pack of gum with cash. No one is ever going to trace that specific transaction back to you or to that specific pack of gum because the money has no tracer. Crypto is basically the electronic version of cash. Now, at this point, you may be saying, can't the police just track a person by their IP address? Under normal internet usage, yes. However, uh, the people who frequented Silk Road would do so through the use of a Tor browser. And I believe Onion was a popular Tor browser. And so what a Tor browser does is it essentially masks your IP address and issues you a new one. So then the new IP address is more than likely a server that's located overseas. So if you live in the United United States, this Tor browser could make it look like you're viewing this website somewhere in the UK, which is why if you try using a VPN or a Tor service, many reputable uh, websites will block that kind of traffic. So since they assume that anybody who's using VPN or Tor are up to no good and have malicious intent. Who built the Silk Road website? Three people ran Silk Road. Dead Pirate Roberts, a.k.a. Ross Albrecht, who we talked about earlier. Friday Jones and Smedley. Now, all of them are pseudonyms of the actual people involved, but I was unable to find a name for Variety Jones and Smedley. So we'll just call them that for now. Though all of these individuals were responsible for the success of Silk Road. In 2011, Gawker Media published a blog post boasting about the rise of Silk Road. The article brought major notoriety to Silk Road, so much that it caught the attention of the U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer, who then engaged the DEA and the Department of Justice to shut it down. IRS investigator Gary Alford was the one who was able to get confirmation on the identity of dead Pirate Roberts. Again, this is a.k.a. Ross Albrecht. He was able to socially engineer a legitimate seeming Silk Road fanboy and customer that Ross came to trust. Prior to this crack in the case, however, investigators had come up empty because the server and identities of the admin and users were all so well protected. Ross was arrested on October 2nd of 2013. The FBI seized $3.6 million in Bitcoin from the Silk Road website. At the time, that was 26,000 Bitcoins, which today would be worth over $780 million. The FBI then seized another 144,000 Bitcoins worth about $28.6 million. These Bitcoins belonged to Ross Albrecht. The FBI said they'd hold the money until after the trial. But on June 27th of 2014, U.S. Marshals sold 29,657 Bitcoins in blocks of 10 in an online auction. So buyers would get $2,957.70 coins per purchase. 
During the trial, Albrecht tried to point a finger at Mark Carpellis as the pseudonym of dead pirate Roberts. However, prosecutors had that stricken from the record. Mark Carpellis, as it turns out, was the former CEO of Bitcoin exchange Mount Gox. He was sometimes known by his online alias as Magical Tux. Politically, Ross Albrecht had strong libertarian ideals. He actually wrote a letter to the judge to state that his actions were the result of his political ideals. He stated that Silk Road was invented to give people their own choices. The judge gave him five consecutive life sentences, however, two of which are life in prison without parole. In late March 2015, a criminal complaint was issued by the U.S. District Court for Northern California that led to the arrest of two former federal agents who had worked undercover in the Baltimore Silk Road investigation. One agent was former Drug Enforcement Administration Carl Mark Force IV and Secret Service agent Sean Bridges. Allegedly, these agents kept the funds that Ulbricht transferred to them in exchange for inside information on the investigation. So, Mike, what do you think? I mean, this makes me think of Robin Hood a little bit. You know, those libertarian values that say we're all essentially responsible as individuals for our own actions and choices. But Robin Hood steals from the rich to give to the poor. Stealing is wrong, but his intentions are good and the money is essentially used for good or the, the money or the food or whatever it is that Robin Hood is stealing. Now, Robin Hood is declared by an as an outlaw by most of society, but he's heralded as like a hero from the average person. And I can see where in cases like this, authorities had a lot going against them. You know, the the secure server environment lockdown, the crypto, the tour, and the only way that they could really crack this was to get inside of it and become part of it. It's an interesting case study. I mean, it does think, do we think of Ross Albrecht as a good guy or a bad guy? But I mean, is he? I mean, could he be a bad guy? I've had this thought tolling in my brain for a while now, actually, when doing the research for this episode with you, Kelly. And on one hand, his site allowed for low vibration, outlawed things to be purchased. He was the facilitator of this, actually, and he was in it for the money. He allowed his ego to become his downfall, essentially. Bad things happen to people because his site was a gateway for these things to happen. Want to hire a hitman to take out someone you hate? Cool. Order it from here. Interested in buying some drugs that may end up with someone overdosed? Go right ahead. They basically were providing the bullets for the gun. On the other hand, where is the accountability for the people who buy this shit, right? Ross Albrecht may have opened a door, a window, or whatever the hell these people are willing to walk through. So, while the FBI are patting themselves on the back for bagging a baddie, they have to realize that criminals will always be doing criminal shit. They have that Machiavellian personality where they will always find a way to bend the rules to suit their desired outcome. They will lie and manipulate their way through life, never taking full responsibility, but always, always feeling vindicated in the manipulation. They'll say that the bad served the good. That came out of it. But what came out of this whole thing? It seems more bad than good, right? Who benefited? Obviously, the government got a hefty payday. Yeah, I mean, of all of this, I want to know what the hell they did with the money because that was an insane <laughs> amount of money that Ross Albrecht had not only in Silk Road, but also personally. That was an insane amount of crypto, especially where Bitcoin is today, is valued at like 50 some thousand dollars or something mm -hmm. a share. I mean, that was a hell of a thing. You know, what What do they do with the drugs that they get from the criminals? What do they do with all the cash from the drug bust? You know, and stuff like that. And I don't know. I just with Silk Road. I mean, yes, yay that they got him. Like, obviously, right? Because Silk Road, the website, was used primarily for people doing shady shit. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it just was. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I'm kind of going to rely on this. I'm I'm not going to sit there and say, well, this guy is Robin Hood and he kind of he's kind of the epitome of us doing free speech and, and us doing our own actions. But he right. kind of he kind of it's kind of like the drug dealer. Right. Can you blame the drug dealer for the junkies overdose? I mean, yes and no. I mean, he basically gave him the, another analogy, the bullets for the gun. Yeah. But to shoot himself but at the same time it's up to the junkie who bought that he's the one that bought that paid his own money or her money to buy it and they taken they have taken the drug but i kind of look at it as yeah he is kind of a bad guy because he oh yeah you, definitely when you create the amazon of the black market i mean where people are doing everything from child porn to to hiring hitmen to you know, uh, there's some weird shit on there uh, that we've only talked about a small percentage of that. Um, he gave them that benefit. You know what I mean? I the reason why I don't go to the store to buy a lot of things is because I have Amazon. Yeah. Right. So great. But and great. I mean, it's great. But at the same time, that was Jeff Bezos is because I'm not going to the store because because of Amazon. So right. if this is we're talking about this being the black market, Amazon, well, yeah, I fully blame you might as well convict Ross Ulbricht because he gave them a playground to play on. He was definitely a bad guy. And I understand the point of him saying, well, I have libertarian values, so I can build this thing. And then whatever people do with it, they do with it. But at the same time, he's complicit in the activity that's going on. Because if his website didn't exist, you could argue that those things would still exist, just not on his site. That's exactly it. Um, Like I said earlier, he gave him the playground to play on. So basically, you're inviting the bad of the bad to come in. And is it all bad? No, I'm sure there's stuff that isn't all bad on Silk Road. But at the same time, you are opening. It's like Pandora's box. Like, you don't want to open Pandora's box. And this is just a young guy. I think he's like 37 now. Um, so he was young when he started it. Um, Ross Ulbricht, he went to the university of Texas at Dallas, um, um, and Pencil state, uh, Pennsylvania state university. But his big thing is he kind of always came from, even if his intentions were like, okay, like, well, I'm doing this so people can do what they want, you know? And, and it kind of opens up like, why shouldn't we be able to be opened up to this? But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you're also inviting people who are just horrible fucking people to to co-mingle in society this way. And I don't know. I, to me, I just think it's something that uh, she, she he crossed a line. Now, I don't agree with the the government spending the money, spending all the Bitcoin. I think that's some fucking bullshit because yeah, basically it's like drug money. What do they always do with the drug money? You know, they don't just keep it and fucking it doesn't stay in in, in these evidence rooms. You know, that stuff know. is fed back into the public somehow. And what do they do with the cocaine? What do they do with the drugs? Do they just yeah. have a bunch of people flush it down the toilet? Do they use it for canine training? Like, I don't know. I've always been curious about that. Like the assets that they seize, where do the assets go? Does yeah. it all go up for auction? You know, and, and should they even be allowed to do that? I mean, I can understand taking the money that Silk Road was generating, but why take money of Ross Albrecht? You know, he's already going to jail. Yeah, but it's the same thing as drug money, right? I mean, look at all the people, uh, El Chapo, uh, going back to Pablo Escobar. Look at all the look at all the money they've seized from some of these criminal enterprises. I think it was right for them to take the money because he made his money off of bad things. It's yeah. dirty money, in my opinion. Now, for them to 
tickets, one thing, but for them to put it back out in society somehow is another thing. And with cryptocurrency, that kind of, that's a gateway of different things, right? I mean, because you're basically taking, I mean, they were selling it off in what, 10, 10 block chunks. Yeah. Yeah. So that's still no better. It's almost like taking, I don't even know. I mean, it's, it, it, it is, if you take empire's money, if you drew somebody like a kingpin, like an El Chapo and you take his money, that's one thing, but then should the money be destroyed or should the money go into the public somehow at the end of the day, it's dirty money. Yeah. And, Either and, the, way, and them selling it. And when they were selling it, well, they were making the money back from the sales. Yeah, they were exactly. So they're selling the money. Because they're like, well, what? Well, so now it's ours. So now it's ours. The government. That's what I'm saying. Like, you couldn't have donated it to charity or done something worthwhile with right. this money that would untaint it. That would then put the 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 good vibration back. No, let's just do our own little auction and make money off of it. Right. You're right. I mean, it's shady as fuck. I don't care what anybody says. You know, and I'm not a f the police kind of person. Which you're probably right. gonna edit this out later, but uh. You know, I I do stand by our police departments, but I think sometimes they can even think they're above the law. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if anything, Silk Road has helped police. There's It's a good and bad, right? There's a lot of bad things that's happened on that website. It actually helped the law, whether it be the United States and or anywhere in the world, to like Interpol or what have you, to kind of catch some of these criminals. They've actually caught a number of criminals through this whole thing from everybody from pedophiles to mostly a lot of drug crimes. Uh, yeah. One of their first people that they that they caught was an Australian uh, who was selling co- cocaine and MDA, uh, MDMA on it. Um, he was the first person to be convicted. And then they got a New Zealand man later on for meth. And uh, in the United States alone, uh, there was a guy, Cornelius Slump, who got busted selling drugs on theirs on the Silk Road website as well. And he was sentenced to 10 years back in 2015, I believe. Wow. So they are this this website has actually caught people too. So that's the good and there's the bad of it, right? It's good. You're you're actually can bust a lot of these people who are doing bad things on this site. But on the flip side of it, the site should have never existed. In my opinion, the site should have never existed in, in to begin with. I mean somebody like Ross Ulbricht was actually a fucking smart human being. He was yeah, so smart. Really smart. Why didn't he use his why didn't he use his brains and his tenacity and his wherewithal to do better? You know, why did, why couldn't he have helped the government instead of hurting people? I mean, how many how many how many little kids were hurt from from the porn that was sold oh, on the site? Absolutely. How many how many people died from hiring a hitman? Yeah. How many people, you know, overdosed on drugs? I mean, the, the the shit goes on and on. I've read stuff on about this from cannibalism to vampire shit. I mean, anything oh, bad you can God. think of. Silk Road was harnessing that and letting people do whatever they want. It was almost like a guilty. I don't want to say guilty pleasure, but it was almost like it, it's almost like the underworld of bullshit. You know what I mean? And it's almost like here's a guy with so much potential and he decided to create something that was almost very that is very harmful to society. Right. He could have done uh, a lot good, a lot of good. Yeah. Under the guise of feeling like, oh, I'm doing something Mm -hmm. democratic or I'm doing something libertarian. I'm making a choice to create this website. And I think initially it started out, it was just drugs. And while we're talking about that, uh, Mm -hmm. the Netflix series, My Drugs, I believe, um, actually 
is kind of it talks about another website that was either it's talking about Silk Road directly or it's talking about another um, website. But that that's essentially what Silk Road started out as is selling drugs. And then everything and then it just became a whole marketplace within itself to do other things and where you could have connections with sinister people. And I mean, obviously, no, you know, it was a bad website, shut it down, whatever. Right. But it's always interested. It's always an interesting thing where, you know, people will say like, I'm going to do this thing. And, you know, it was like, because I'm a libertarian and I believe that a drug is a nonviolent crime and it's really you're doing a crime against yourself, which makes right. it's it's a fair argument. But then you think about, but this wasn't just doing nonviolent crimes. This was doing all kinds of bad shit, you know? A know. lot of bad shit. No, yeah, a lot of bad shit. There, there is that debate because there are people who backed Ross Albrecht saying that this he was actually, he created something to where people could make their own choices, but you have a choice every day of your life to do a lot of stuff, whatever the fuck you want. Yep. You could choose the good. You could choose the evil. I think his main motivation was money. I don't care that he sits oh, there yeah, and talks money. about, I wanted to give people rights and I wanted it. No, no, I'm sorry, money. man. <laughs> it's money. You saw where the money was and yeah. you went for it. Now, yeah. I think you're super smart for what you did. It's just you went the wrong way in life. And of course, Hollywood, like the, the fucking birds they are, they'll go and pick they pick apart the story and they decided to create a they created a Silk Road film back in uh, about a year ago. But it actually was released in February of this year. And it didn't do great because um, just because COVID and the whole release factor. I mean, people are still oh, trying yeah. to find their ways back to the movie theaters. But yeah, um, but the, but the film is so there's so many things you can do with the you know with this story what way do you go so they decided to kind of go towards ross ulbricht so kind of make him this dark mark zuckerberg kind of figure yeah um and at the end of the day i just don't think not only did the film work but i, I think people's perception is, that didn't work as well because there's no way i mean even even donald trump he didn't want to pardon ross ulbricht he didn't he um a lot of people thought that before he left office trump would president trump would um pardon ross ulbricht but he, he didn't because he this guy at the end of the day robin hood or not the guy made money from bad things now the federal prosecutors um, they alleged that um, Albrecht had paid upwards of like seven hundred and thirty to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in murder for hire deals that targeted at least five people that they could find. Allegedly because they threatened to reveal Albrecht's Silk Road Enterprise. So <laughs> there is like so much backstory in all this um, from Ross uh, Ross Albrecht creating the site to uh, his downfall, and his downfall was just spectac as spectacular as his rise and. There's um, a separate indictment against him in Maryland, I believe, on a single murder for hire charge, alleging that he contracted to kill one of his employees. And that wow. was dismissed in the president. Yeah, it, it was dismissed with prejudice by the prosecutors in, uh, I think, 2018 um, after his conviction in New York, because that that sentence uh, came first and it was final. But at the same time, it's it sounds like this Olbert guy was kind of a fuck, kind of a fuck boy. So it was just I don't know, man. I, I understand like. We're trying to bring the debate, you know, do you think this site was made for good or bad? And I think you and I both, I know you and I both yeah. kind of go that he's bad. Like, you know, the site was bad, but was, is he good or is he bad? And I think we, as we kind of go down this case, I think we come to the, come to our final thoughts or, yeah, this guy's you know, a fuck boy. He's bad. And I think he did bad things. And I think the money got into his head and I think he had his little run there for a little bit, but I think 
with the way things are progressing, I think it just he didn't do great by society and anything. He he gave pedos and murderers and yeah, and yeah. bad people um ways to rise up and create and like i said in the beginning it, it, he gave them a playground to play and he gave the wrong people playtime and and i only met robin hood in that you know take from the rich to give to the poor kind of thing well no because he wasn't really giving if you look, to the rich to give to the poor no you know? if you look if you look at some of his background, it wasn't the money he all kept. You know, he did give money to other people and it was he was spreading his wealth out. He wasn't keeping every single fucking thing. The guy was the guy wasn't doing bad things all over the place. He wasn't this evil magician guy. You know, he wasn't this guy um, yeah. at the same time. I mean, if you look back and from what I found in this guy's in this guy's case, a lot of money he did. He did do things. You will find charities he, he put money into. You did find things that he found and people, you know, he did take care of his family and he's had a lot of friends and he didn't he didn't just create this thinking it was bad. I think his intentions were about making money and I don't yeah. think he cared. I think in the end, he didn't care who he hurt. Yeah. What he did with his money later on in his libertarian values is, is up to him. Okay. But aside from that, he created a bad thing. And while he was this good guy from the start, he was a, not a good guy. And I think the, the Robin hood, cause you can say Pablo Escobar was a Robin hood figure too. I mean, look at the people in Colombia love, uh, love Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Pablo Escobar is their guy, is, but is, was he a good guy? Yeah. I mean, he did a lot for that community. He did a lot for, for that country. I mean, there was a lot of things he did that were uh, Medellin. I think that's his, where he was from, where he, he helped build that community and that's okay. Great, man. But you built it off. It was blood money. A lot of it's blood yeah. money, a lot of it's dirty money. And to this day, there's murals of them there. There are people even in the U S who, who, who patronize this guy and very, you know, who canonize this guy as being the saint you know it's like well look at how good he did yeah he did it from he the, the empire looks down on it yeah but you there was people who died from your product um there are people who were killed your your practices in this pro way of I mean, how many murders did how many murders were you you know what i mean did you do because of this and your people and your enterprise you for as much good as you brought there was there's a blood trail left behind you and yeah. you got to pay for those crimes yeah you're some kind of fucked up robin hood but and the end of the day, bad, the bad will be judged. Yeah. And that's just the way I always look at it. That's the way I look at my life. You know, it's, or uh, uh, you know, my virtue is, is basically if I did a bad thing, I'm going to be judged for it. I'm the one that has to suffer those consequences. So somebody like, like Alt Ross Ulbricht, whether he thinks he did good out there or not, in the end of the day, he has to pay for his crimes. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it, you can have principles and that's good. But if those principles are, are bringing more bad than good, then they're fucked up, essentially. Yep, I agree. All right, everybody. As always, if you find us entertaining or would like to weigh in on what we talk about weekly, please hit us up. You can hit us up by email if you'd like. FlatCirclePodcast1 at gmail.com or... Find us on Facebook at Flat Circle Podcast and, of course, on Instagram at Flat Circle Podcast. And you could DM us. You could do any of that. Any way you could find to uh, contact us, please do so. And thank you, as always, for listening. Until next time, stay kind, stay curious, and always question the world around you. Thanks, everybody. See you.